Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Smattering. We have another in our series of Twitter poll-inspired stocks. I asked Jeff Santoro and the people have answered. They want to hear about my largest REIT investment, my largest real estate investment trust. Jeff, what is it? It is Care Trust. C-T-R-E is the ticker. And before we dive into it, Jason, how about 30 seconds on what a REIT is? That's a good place to start. So REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, they're not only publicly traded, but the short version is that it is a corporate entity that is referred to often as a pass-through entity. And the idea is that by owning real estate, by owning real estate debt as is its primary business, there's some specifics about the percentages, um, it, it does not pay any federal corporate income taxes. It's also required to pay out at least 90% of its gap earnings in, in dividends, um, but it can be create a very income-efficient, tax-efficient structure. And at the end of the day, real estate is often a wonderful income investment. And that's actually a big reason why, why Care Trust has become my largest uh, REIT holding. And for people who are interested in investing in real estate but don't want to actually buy physical real estate, uh, real estate REITs can be a really great place to get exposure to that industry without having to do all the work of actually physically buying anything. So let's dive in. What drew you to Care Trust? Why did you buy it to begin with? What was your thesis for the for the for owning the stock? So as, as an investor, one of the things that I focus on and I really look for is finding large long-term trends, macro trends, economic trends, uh, things like e-commerce, digital payments, the growth of the global middle class, all of those sorts of things, right, that, that create some sort of an economic tailwind that, ben- that businesses can benefit from and can grow their earnings over time. And one of those big trends um, in the U.S., and really most of the developed world, same way, same thing is happening in Europe, is the aging of the baby boomer generation. So this generation, we're right in the middle of, of baby boomers turning 65. And between now and the end of 2029, on average, about 10,000 Americans will turn 65. Between 2010 and 2030, that population is going to double from 40 million Americans to 80 million Americans that are 65 or older. There's going to be 40 million Americans that are over age 80 in 2030. Now, what, is, what does all of that mean? It means that as people get older, they need more, more health care, right? They need more access to care. They need housing that can support their needs, particularly if they have um, more uh, ability needs, um, th- those sorts of things. And we have a, a structural shortage in the long term of enough of the kind of things like long-term care, skilled nursing, uh, seniors' housing, to, to meet the needs of, of that growing population. And Care Trust is one that came on my radar. It was spun out of the Ensign Group, which is a large healthcare provider that provides skilled nursing and that sort of care. And the Ensign Group owned a lot of, of, of these facilities. Um, and 
it wanted to spend those out. It wanted to kind of get away from owning the, the facilities and really just focus on its core operations of, of providing the services. And Care Trust was created. Care Trust's first CEO, who's recently um, stepped down as CEO and remains on the board, um, kind of led the, 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 the process of building out Ensign's, he was a co-founder of Ensign actually, led the process of building their, their real estate portfolio and hand-selected the properties that became the initial part of CareTrust business. Over time, CareTrust, this is back in 2013 when this happened. Over time, CareTrust has steadily become less and less tied to Ensign. It's signed more deals with smaller regional providers, and it's continually acquired properties, going from a little over 100 properties to more than 200 that it now owns, um, has a very good balance sheet, and is in a really good position considering that there needs to be you know, 10 to 12,000 of these facilities operating in the U.S. Starting from a couple hundred, there's a significant amount of room to continue to take market share and consolidate. The vast majority of these are, are owned by somebody that owns one, two, or five, or a regional operator that owns them. There's a lot of owners that are, that are getting older. A lot of these were built over the past 40 or 50 years, and a lot still have original owners that are getting older and looking to get out of the business. And CareTrust is in a great position to acquire those assets, improve them, works with a lot of the care providers. So it's got really good relationships there to make sure that, the, that its tenants have good stable cash flows and good economic bases to be able to pay rents to generate those cash flows that CareTrust shareholders benefit from. So when you're evaluating the business, you know, let's just say each quarter when, they're, when they report earnings, are you looking at specific metrics to know whether or not they, they are doing what you think they're going to do and, and that your thesis is still intact? Is it the basic things that you would look for for all REITs, like funds from operation? Or are you looking for some other maybe company-specific things that will tell you that the thesis is on track? So there's a, there's a few things, right? So with any, with any REIT, you need to understand they typically specialize, like CareTrust specializes in the seniors and, and skilled nursing facilities. You have others that focus just on real estate or you know, owning strip malls or, or whatever, right? So you need to understand like the basic logistics of that industry itself. That's really important. So for CareTrust, you want to think about the, the industry itself. What are, what are the mechanics to the industry? What are the structural risks? And again, over the long term, there's a lot of opportunity. But right now, there's a little bit of an oversupply. You think about COVID, coming out of COVID, there's a lot of people that have been very concerned about health risks within these facilities, right? Infectious disease risk and that sort of thing. So there are some temporary headwinds that you need to understand. So I look at things like um, uh, percentage of rent collected, right, is a good, is a good metric. And they're consistently in the mid-90s which is a pretty good number, right? Because it's a stable amount of cash. You want to look at leverage ratios, thinking about like debt to EBITDA, um, debt to, to assets as, as ways to understand, to understand are, are they too leveraged or do they have room on their balance sheet to flex, to make acquisitions? Um, and, and also if there's any weirdness with their cash flows where they're still secure and they're not going to get out of any covenants with their debt, that's the worst thing you can do um, as a REIT is if you get out of your debt covenants, you default on your debt, right? So little things like that are really important to understand. And then from an earnings perspective, the cash flow perspective, you mentioned funds from operation. That's one of the most important metrics because earnings per share is great for Coca-Cola and Starbucks and, and Caterpillar and you know, companies like that. But when you're a real estate company, earnings per share by gap requirement, you have to 
take depreciation of your real estate as an expense, right? Here's the thing. Number one, you're not, you're not paying f- corporate income tax anyway, so that depreciation doesn't really lower your corporate income tax, and you're depreciating an asset that typically is going to gain in value, right? As we know, property goes up in value over the long term. So it's kind of an artificial expense for a REIT. So funds from operation takes the, that depreciation tied to real estate, and puts it back in, right? It's, it, it takes that expense and puts it back in. So funds from operation is a better metric to measure profitability from a REIT. And this is really important because, again, dividends are very important for investing in REITs. It's going to be a large source of your income, a large source of your long-term total returns. Uh, Care Trust, for example, uh, generates a yield s- substantially above 4%. And over the past couple years, at times, that yield has been above 5% of the share price. So it's really, really important. So I want to just quickly share, I just want to quickly share some data from, from uh, CareTrust's most recent presentation. You see right here, this goes back to 2019. And the top left is dividend history. And we see it's, it has a good history of growing the dividend. And tell me if you can see this here. Going back to when it started to pay the dividend, the dividend's up 120%, right? So that's its regular dividend has been increased substantially. And that's been a big driver of that 157% in total returns, which has actually outperformed slightly, outperformed the S&P over that period, even though there's been some substantial periods where the stock has underperformed. Really, if you go back to 2021 through for the past year and a half, it's underperformed the S&P. And the reason why that's happened is if you look at the short-term trends with funds from operation, and it uses a normalized FFO because that factors out properties that it's divested and things like that. So it's a look at current cash flows, right? Current FFO. You can see that those numbers on a real basis and a per share basis, they're declining, right? So they're declining because, again, some of those near-term pressures that the, the sector is, is dealing with, that are starting to weigh on its business a little bit. But how do you know that they're safe thinking about that dividend right here, that payout ratio, right, which is really important. And you see, even with the, the earnings coming down, it's still generating well in excess of 25% of its funds from operations above its, its dividend commitment. So that means that, that means the dividend continues to be pretty secure. We may not see it grow at the rate that the dividends increased in recent years until FFO starts to reverse, right? So here's a good thing, Jeff. Management is taking some steps to do that, right? So again, we know that there are challenges in the space. One of the things that it started to do, because it has such a strong balance sheet, is leverage its ability to lend to some of these operators that want to own their own spaces, where it's not the buyer of those spaces, it's lending to the, to the buyer of those properties. So it's actually using its own revolving credit facility Taking, drawing that down and lending it to somebody else that wants to buy or own a property and earning a higher yield on the loan that it issues than it's paying for that capital. I think it's a smart, secure way to go about it because those loans are secured by the assets that it's lending on. They understand the value of those properties over the long term as cash flow generating entities. And it's a really smart way to take advantage of some weakness with liquidity in the market right now and to continue to generate strong, strong cash flows. So you mentioned the long-term um, results have been 
pretty good beating the S&P 500 plus you're getting a div- you're getting dividend income as as an investor in this company but then you also mentioned some short-term uh, headwinds that they're facing so as you look forward into future quarters what are you what's the biggest risk facing the company like what could go wrong or make it not be a market beating investment or what make you what might make you sell so uh, a couple things to think about so number 1 we could see this challenge right now where there's a little bit of an oversupply in, in the, the market, and there's definitely headwinds to people coming back to these skilled nursing and seniors housing facilities. Um, we could see that last longer than we expect. We could also see fewer and fewer people that choose to go into seniors housing that retire in place. We've seen with the existing homes for sale stock Inventory is down very, very low because a lot of people are retiring in place. They're they're less likely to move into these into these communal facilities. So so if that trend plays out longer and the addressable market's smaller, that could be a risk to to the company. Um, with with all REITs, they do use a lot of leverage. They are going to take on a tremendous amount of debt um, to to acquire those assets. And in a rising interest rate environment, its ability to secure the best cost of capital and get the best returns on that capital could get squeezed. Uh, we're, we're also seeing CareTrust has, has recently said that they're moving into some, um, they, they want to start owning properties that are used for um, addiction management, addiction treatment. So it's moving away from its core business into something that's you know, kind of semi, semi-related, um, that communal housing and still kind of healthcare related, but it's never done it before. So can it be an expert in that field the same way that its ensign group roots have made it an expert in skilled nursing, that remains to be seen. So those are real risks, right? So as it continues to pivot, is that going to be diversification? Um, Is it going to stop being so good with its balance sheet and start taking on more leverage? Those are big risks that I'm paying close attention to. Um, And and if I see management continue to waver and and move away from what they've been successful at, that would be a sell sign to me. We're here to ask the important questions. We're going to give answers too, but you need to answer those questions for yourselves. Nothing we said is investing advice, people. Make your own decisions. You can do it.